Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining in on Purpose Kingdom Network, the Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Arthenius Jackson, with One Touch Transformation, and I would like to welcome you to Episode 1093. Wow, this is Episode 1093, and it has been such a blessing being part of this journey Again, I would like to welcome you and thank you for joining in on this evening. I have some great information that I cannot wait to share with you all, but I just want to, you know, do my proper greeting as I always do. So I am Arthenius Jackson, and my ministry, my organization, my baby, you know, whatever you want to call it, all of it is is One Touch Transformation. And this awesome organization, if I should say so myself, (laughs) um, it was birthed six years ago. So this month we are celebrating six years, and I am so excited that it's still going. It has not been easy. It has been discouraging at times, but I refuse to give up. I refuse to stop doing the work what God has placed inside of me to do. So One Touch Transformation, it is a nonprofit organization that raises awareness of sexual abuse. Our mission is to educate the community about sexual abuse while encouraging and empowering all victims and survivors of sexual abuse. So as I stated, it was birthed six years ago simply from my story of overcoming childhood sexual abuse. And it has been an incredible journey, an incredible journey, an incredible journey of healing, um, just survivorship, spreading hope, spreading love, I mean, everything that comes along the journey of healing. Whenever you make the decision to want to heal, some wonderful things begin to happen in your life despite what you've been through. And so I love going around sharing my story of overcoming and finding healing and just telling the goodness of God how he is a true healer and one who will give you true freedom. And my desire is for others, men and women, to find true joy or true freedom and true deliverance and true healing as they overcome, as they begin, you know, to break their silence because I wasn't always free. I wasn't always vocal with what I've gone through. I waited 20 years before I broke my silence, and I can say it was one of the best decisions that I have ever made. So that's why I am such a huge advocate for both victims and survivors, and I want to encourage anyone who has gone such a, such, through such a traumatic experience to break their silence. And I'm not saying you have to share your story or share your testimony with everyone because you don't have to, but I will say speak up, share it with someone, confide in someone that you trust, someone who you know will support you and who will believe you and would want you to get better because that's what it took for me. You know, I I came up in a very strong Christian home, and, you know, believe it or not, it still happened. But despite it happening, I still kept my faith in God, and I still sought counseling. (laughs) So it is okay to be a believer and, you know, still seek counseling, it's very helpful. And I can say that that's part of the reason why I'm able to share and able to, you know, smile and able to find joy when, I, when I'm sharing my story. It's, it's not, you know, it's not a, depressed, a depressing thing to talk about for me anymore, but all because of God and, and the strength, the joy, and the peace he gives me each day. So I'm thankful and I'm grateful to be a part of this platform with Purpose Kingdom Network where I can educate and empower, help motivate not just survivors and and victims of sexual abuse, but anyone 
who may have endured some type of or any type of traumatic experience in your life. Because even though a lot of us are believers, at the same time, we have gone through some traumatic experiences. We have, you know, experienced things that we still cannot talk about to this day. No matter how long ago it happened, there are some things that still affect us. And a lot of people do not realize they are the way that they are because of what has happened to them. But I am here to encourage you that whatever happened to you in your past, whether it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20, 30, however long ago it was, you do not have to allow what happened to you to dictate who God has called you to be, to to do the things that God has called you to do. I mean, God, he, he uses everything that we go through. He uses our stories. He uses our testimony. He uses our pain to help others, and it's all for his glory. And and that's what brings me joy, and that's what will bring you joy when you begin to realize everything that you've gone through and even every, everything that you continue to go, for, go through from day to day because just because you overcome those things in the past does not mean that you will not deal with things now presently because we are always going to be troubled. He said we are troubled on every side. So we are tried from day to day, but it comes to strengthen us. It comes to test our faith. And as these things begin to test our faith, it strengthens us. It gives us the patience that we need to endure every circumstance. And everything that we endure, every time we are able to endure one level of suffering or one level of pain and enable us to get to the next round. And it also enables us to help our sisters and our brothers who may experience some of the same things. And so we can come back and say, hey, you can get through this. Why? Because I did. Look, I know what you're going through. feels like it's not going to end. I know you're feeling troubled and it feels like it's not going to end. But, look, I'm here to encourage you that it will not last forever. It will not last forever. So we praise God tonight. We bless him just for being who he is, the healer that he is, the deliverer that he is, you know, the God of peace the God of just everything. Without him, we cannot do nothing. It is in him that we live and move and have our being. And so I just find joy and all of that. I get excited when I begin to think about who he is and what he has done for me. And I encourage you to do the same thing. So the next time you're feeling down or the next time you begin to, you know, feel pain from your past, just think about what it is doing for you and what it is doing for the next person. Because he doesn't save us just for us. He doesn't heal us just for us. He doesn't deliver us just for us. But it is for everyone who is connected to us directly and indirectly. Because there may be someone you don't even know that will hear your testimony and it will deliver them. So, we cannot be selfish with our healing. We can't be selfish with our deliverance. But we have to share it because it's for God's glory. It is all for his glory. And so I, I just give God thanks even in this moment. I give him praise even in this moment for every situation that he has brought me through, everything that he's continuing to bring me through, I give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so we're going to move right along. So tonight I'm going to educate you on something, you know, very important, very dear to me. And as you know, most of my segments are usually on sexual abuse because I am, like I said, a huge advocate for both victor survivors because when it comes to someone being abused, or assaulted, taken advantage of, it tugs at my heart because, of course, I'm very familiar with it. And then on the other hand, I realize and I know that it is a decision that was not made by the individual. 
that individual was not able to give consent or, you know, was was taken advantage of and still not given consent to the other party. And so tonight's topic is one in six, one in six. Now, most of the time we hear about all of the resources all of the programs and all of the organizations for sexual abuse survivors. And, of course, the face of, I guess, victims of survivors, if that's safe to say, is usually a woman. We always hear about women survivors or women victims. And the statistic for women or for girls is one in four girls will be sexually abused by age 18. So yesterday, I was invited to speak with young men regarding sexual abuse. And I was excited because normally when I'm presenting or when I'm doing workshops or any kind of presentations, it's always geared towards women or young girls. Anytime I'm talking with a group of young people, most of the time it's girls. And even with the Butterfly Effect Mentoring Program that is part of One Touch Transformation, is with girls in ages 6 to 15. So when I received the invitation last month, I was excited because I was like, man, this is going to be different, but it's going to be good because I know that young men need the same information as the young women on both ends, knowing that sexual abuse can happen to boys and also making them aware of what consent is, what it looks like, making sure they're not on the other end assaulting these young ladies. So I was excited to share this information with them and looking forward to it. I printed out my handouts and got my thoughts together, what I was going to say. And when it was time for me to present, I was super nervous, which I am always nervous before I do anything. I'm nervous before I even come on air, believe it or not. I'm nervous before I perform and singing. I'm nervous before I present. I'm just, you know, but I guess it's a good thing. That's what I've heard. But I was nervous when I began to approach the crowd of young men. And as soon as I opened up my mouth, you know, the nerves went away, which I was grateful. But I started off with seven different myths which there are more, but I I started off with seven different myths when it comes to sexual abuse and males. And so I I thought about it. I was like, this is really good because we always hear about female victims. And so it makes you wonder why we don't hear more or hear, you know, much about male survivors. And of course, I I realize and I understand why we don't, because male survivors or male victims, they're not going to come forward, you know, as quick or as much as a female. And I get it. I get it. I, I understand. Because the thing about, the thing about being a victim, you're already ashamed enough that it happened. And realizing how Males in our society, you know, society say that, you know, males, they have the, the egos, their pride, and, you know, they're macho man. They don't express their emotions or their feelings. So it's almost like a double whammy for them. So I, I, I understand or I get why it's harder for a male to come forward to share that he was abused. And so, like I said, it's like a double whammy for them. So we often do not hear about male survivors or we often don't hear about males, you know, being abused. But I want you to know that it does happen. It does happen. They are not exempt. And truthfully, no one is exempt when it comes to who is the actual target. Like, what does a victim look like? You cannot... You cannot really say what a victim looks like. There is no specific preference. There is none. So it doesn't matter if you're black, white, doesn't matter if you're Hispanic, doesn't matter if you're Asian, Indian, whatever it may be. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Doesn't matter what 
socioeconomic class you're in. doesn't matter if you're young or old, middle-aged, none of it. No one is exempt. And so our, our responsibility is to raise awareness even more, not just for victims, even more so for male victims. Because just as much as I want female um, victims to really survive and thrive, I want the same thing for male survivors. They deserve healing too. They are entitled to healing too and deliverance. Despite what society may think, despite how family may feel about a male coming forward and sharing his story. It doesn't matter. They are human too. So they deserve healing. But it's so difficult, like I said, to hear about males having that that story because of how society has painted the picture of what a man should look like, how a man should think, how a man should feel, how he should express himself or how he shouldn't express himself. Like, like boys don't cry or men don't cry. Why not? Why not? It is perfectly fine for men to express his feelings, to show his emotions. It does not mean that you are weak. It does not mean you're weak. Because sexual abuse, it affects everyone. Victims, they all, whether you are male or female, you suffer. It affects you in one way, in multiple ways. And if it doesn't affect you right then, it affects you later. So it is very important. It is very important for both sexes to get help, whether you're a male or female. So don't feel like you have to be the big macho man. Don't feel like you have to keep it all to yourself because you're making matters worse. It's going to hurt you more than it will help you. So one in six, and this is actually the statistic for male victims, one in six boys will be sexually abused by age 18. So one in four girls and then one in six. And that's only counting what they're able to, I guess, go by from what's reported. Because, of course, not every victim will report their their abuse. But according to reports, what they receive for males is one in six. And there is actually an organization specifically for male survivors, and it's oneinsix.org. So the number one in the number six dot org. So if you want to write this website down for someone who may, you know, need this or would like more information on how they can help survivors or, or you know, a group of males that they may be working with, they have a lot of tools on the website that you can use. So one in six dot org. So what I'm going to do is, you know, go through a few myths that are listed and. Some of you may have heard some of these myths or may be aware of how people think. And it's sad that people would even think this way. But when people are ignorant to things, then there's no telling how they think or how they perceive things. But part of our responsibility is being able to know what to say, what not to say when it comes to victims who have been abused and we're, you know, talking about our male victims tonight. All right, so the first myth, it says, the myth that boys can't be sexually used or abused, and if one is, he can never be a real man. Again, the myth that boys can't be sexually used or abused, and if one is, he can never be a real man. So this is what some of society says. This is what some of the people in society say, saying that if a boy is taken advantage of, then he's not a real man. Why? Because he allowed it to happen. 
uh, because someone consented for him or tried to, or someone made a decision for him that he did not agree to, is that why he's not a real man? So you're trying to tell me that he is not a real man because someone took advantage of him? That is what some of society says, and that is exactly why male victims do not come forward. They feel that they are not a real man. Because, look at it, if a man is taught to be macho and, you know, the one who makes all decisions, the one who doesn't take anything, but then all of a sudden someone takes something from him without his consent, without him making a decision for himself, without agreeing to him, then he feels like he's not a real man. So now he's feeling ashamed. He's feeling like he's powerless, feeling like he's not a real man. And so now we have these men who are dealing with identity issues. They're trying to figure out, okay, what happened? Like, how could I let this happen? Or, or why did I let this happen? No, this wasn't supposed to happen. Like, I'm supposed to be a man. But someone took advantage of me. Some, someone abused me. And imagine how young boys feel and when they become young men and they think back and realize the decision that was made for them. And so now they're questioning who they are because they feel like they allow this to happen. They feel like it was their fault. So am, am I a real man? Am I, or, or am I a punk, or am I, or am I a coward? How could I let this happen? Like, this was not supposed to happen. And so now you have young men questioning their identity, questioning their confidence. Like, women, we're not the only one who deal with low self-esteem or deal with low, you know, conf- or not having that, that confidence. There are men who are dealing with confidence issues but they're not going to share it. A lot of them are not going to admit it because they don't they they don't want to feel like they're not a man or a real man. These are real issues that affect men as well. Men as well. And so we cannot we cannot allow society to to change the way that we think or make us think the same way. Feeling like every time a man expresses himself or really share how he feels that he's not a real man. I mean, come on. That's being human. We were all given feelings. So a man is entitled to express himself. A man is entitled to share his feelings, to share his emotions, especially after going through such traumatic experiences. So, yes, you are still a real man. Why? Because... It was not your fault. You did not agree to it. You did not consent to it. That decision was made for you. So, therefore, you are still a real man. You are a real man. I mean, what's a fake man anyway? (laughs) But myth number two, the myth that if a boy experienced sexual arousal during abuse, he wanted or enjoyed it. And if he ever did partly want the sexual experiences, then they were his fault. The myth that if a boy experienced sexual arousal during abuse, he wanted or enjoyed it. And if he ever did partly want the sexual experiences, then they were his fault. Our body responds naturally to almost any and everything. We have reflexes, um, Some reflexes we can control and some we cannot. The way our body responds, most of the time we cannot control it. Some things you you just, you can't control it. It just happens naturally. That's the way God designed our bodies. That's just being human. So the thing about sexual abuse, when someone is abused, the body still responds because we know that sex is a pleasurable feeling. You know, especially if it's it's done the right way, you know, it can be called pleasurable. But 
there's nothing pleasurable about being abused. But because the body is reacting to what is being done, it's still going to cause an arousal. And so even if a young man is aroused while being taken advantage of, it still does not mean that he wanted it. It does not mean he asked for it. It does not mean that he wanted to enjoy it. So while the feeling may have felt pleasing, may have felt good, still doesn't mean it was something he asked for or something that he wanted. Because no one wants to be taken advantage of. No one wants to be abused. No one wants to be bothered without, you know, without permission or touch without permission. So when the body responds, it it still doesn't mean yes. It doesn't mean yes. It doesn't mean that I'm agreeing to what you're doing. It doesn't mean that I'm consenting to what you're doing. My body is just simply responding. And so with this, this myth, it makes the, the man feel guilty or even feel like it was his fault that it even happened. But I want to tell you, no, it's not your fault. I understand your, your body had responded but it's still not something that you were ask, you were asking for, still not something that you were agreeing to. Your body just simply responded. So don't feel bad. Don't feel bad just because your body responded. I mean, because it's a feeling like none other, and your body knows that. Your body and your brain, it knows that. And so as your body begins to respond to what is being done, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. You're you're in a state of shock already. And for some, they have out-of-body experiences, and and they just can't move. They begin to to freeze. But even in a state of shock and in a state of having that paralyzing moment, your body still responds because that's what it was designed to do. So know that it was it was still not your fault. Even if you could not open up your mouth to say stop or no, still was not your fault. Myth number three, the myth that sexual abuse is less harmful to boys than girls. This goes back to how I started. We hear so much about organizations and programs for survivors, and a lot of times it's the face of a woman that we see. But the myth that is less harmful to boys and girls is that's what it is, a myth. It is not less harmful to boys and girls. It is just as harmful. Sexual abuse is harmful mentally, emotionally, physically, be spiritually. I mean, they they both will feel the effects, whether you're a man or a woman, boy or girl. You're going to feel the effects. They may not always be the same, but they are definitely similar. You will experience some of the similar after effects. So it's not just, you know, it's not less harmful, but it's just as harmful. And sometimes when I think about it, it it could almost seem like it's more harmful for boys or or men than girls. Why I say that or why I believe that is because of how we hear more about women getting help versus men. And so I feel like men are, you know, silent about their story already and the way society treats treats it almost like a double standard. It makes them feel like they still can't speak up. And so that's how I come to the conclusion that, you know, sometimes it can be more harmful for boys than girls because I feel like they have less support. They have less resources, less organizations, you know, that cater to male survivors. All right, number four, the myth that most men who sexually abuse boys are gay. 
the myth that most men who sexually abuse boys are gay. And I know we've heard so many stories. We've seen so many pictures. We've heard about, man, pastors, you know, prominent leaders who have abused young boys. And sometimes it does make you think the ones who are abusing these boys, whenever we hear these certain stories or these specific stories when it comes to these prominent men who are abusing these boys, sometimes it does make it seem like it's always gay men who are abusing these young boys. But then that puts, you know, a a stigma on, you know, those who have that sexual preference or that sexual orientation it puts a bad stigma on them because then you have society thinking that all gay men are pedophiles or all gay men go around abusing, you know, other boys or other men. But that is, that's not true. That's not true. It just so happens whenever a story is highlighted or a story is shared that's going across social media, most of the time or a lot of times, we see these prominent men, and especially in the church, who are taking advantage of young boys. And it's wrong. It is wrong. And you know God don't like that. He, I, God doesn't like it, and I don't either. It's an abomination. But, again, we can't let society shape the way that we think. Because remember, or I'm not going to say remember, but do know this, that there are women who also take advantage of young boys. A couple weeks ago, right here in the area where I live, there was a young teacher who has sexual relations with one of her students. And now she's without a job. This is her first year teaching, and I guess her last year as well. But, again, a teacher, someone who's in power, taking advantage of a 16-year-old. Now, come on, that is not a real relationship. That is not a real relationship. So, again, it is not always a certain type or a specific group of people who do these things. It's not. It's not limited to who the abuser may be, or who is the one who is being abused. So we can we can just, we just have to, you know, like I said, not allow society to shape the way we think, the way we see these things when it comes to abuse. That's why it's so important to have these conversations and make sure that we are reading on these things so we'll know you know, what abuse looks like, what sexual abuse looks like, what sexual assault looks like. Because if we don't, then we're going to believe everything that society says that we should believe or see things the way society wants us to see things. The myth that boys abused by males must have attracted the abuse because they're gay or they become gay as a result. This is one of the main things that make men keep silent or stay silent because they don't want anyone to think they're gay or think that they were gay and that's the reason why they were abused. And like I said, we cannot allow society to shape the way that we think because there is nothing that attracts an abuser to you. It, it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, what your sexual preference is, how much money you have. It It's all about power and control. It's never about sex. It's all about power and control. So don't ever think that you did anything to attract the abuser. Don't think that you're going to turn gay because it happened to you. It just, you have to just trust me, trust me. Know that you are not at fault. It was nothing you did. There's nothing stamped on your head, although sometimes we feel like that. You know, as victims and as survivors, sometimes we, we feel like, well, was, was it something that I, I had on my head? Am I wearing something that says, you know, take advantage of me or abuse me or, you know, I get it. Sometimes it, it, it has it has felt like that before. I've been there. 
But when you realize it was nothing you did, it was not your fault. There's nothing wrong with you. It was the a mental sickness that that person had that made them take advantage of you. So don't ever think that. Don't feel like that. Don't feel like that. It, it was not your fault. Next myth, the myth that if a female used or abused a boy, he was lucky. And if he doesn't feel that way, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> some guys some guys will actually say that a guy is lucky if he let an older woman take advantage of him. That's not lucky. It's not. It's, again, a mental illness. A mental illness. Especially if in the in the case of what I just shared, a teacher and a student. Sixteen year old wasn't lucky. But I bet you there are some guys or some of his friends who may have thought he was lucky because he quote unquote got laid by a teacher. That's not lucky. That's that's sick. That's abuse. That is abuse. A child cannot have sexual relations with an adult. It's not natural. And it's a crime. It's not natural and it's not a crime. So quite naturally, the parents, they did press charges against that teacher because they know that's, that is not a relationship. That is abuse. And it's a crime. All right, the myth that boys who are sexually abused would go on to abuse others. And that is also not true. There are so many just people in general who have been abused. So many I have met, both men and women. And as far as I know, none of them have turned into abusers. And even just speaking on the males that I've met who have been so brave to open up to me and share their stories, they have not abused anyone. They have not grown into abusers. Some are, you know, are married and have beautiful families. They're doing well. And, you know, and and, and some they still have their days where they're still dealing with some of the pain from their past, which is, you know, to be expected. But I have not met any who have grown to be a or be an abuser. And so that is certainly another myth that we cannot allow society to make us think in that way. You do not grow into an abuser. But I will say it is very much possible that those who do abuse may have been abused themselves when they were younger. And because they did not seek help and because of the environment that they were brought up in and because they didn't try to become a, a better man, some of them, they have gone on to abuse. Because you have been abused does not mean that you will turn into an abuser. It does not mean that at all. I will say this. Those of us, and I can say us, who have been abused, we have grown into fighters, um, not just survivors, but thrivers, one who is willing to, you know, go after what you really want to, to make the, the, your family, your community, and the world a better place in whatever way that you can whether it's through sharing your story or not. I mean, survivors, there are some pretty incredible people. There are some strong people. They they know what it means to fight. They know what it what it means to really survive and thrive and to, to overcome whatever the situation may be. It teaches you about yourself. It teaches you what you are strong enough to carry. And, you know, during your time of healing, there are some things that you 
may not want to hear at the time, even though it is true and it is something that you need to hear or something that will empower you on your healing journey. Because a lot of times while we're going through, we're so focused on what we are going through and sometimes we fail to either listen to the word of God or even talk to God. And, you know, I can speak for myself. But when we hear that God won't put more on us than we can bear, during that time, it's like, ah, I don't believe it. It doesn't seem like it. I'm like, then why are you, why are you putting me through this? Why me? I know you question yourself. You question what you are able to take on. You question the ability that you have to carry this. But then you realize by and by, you realize as you continue to heal that God, he, he won't put more on you than you can bear. And you will become that man who has survived and not just survived but thrived and who has overcome and who is able to empower other young men that they can do the same thing. Because you were fearfully and wonderfully made. But even through God creating you, while you were going through your, those, those experiences, he was still forming you and, and making you and creating you, molding you, all of those things to make you into the man that you are today, the strong man that you are, the powerful man that you are. Everything that you have endured, it has shaped you into who he has called you to be. And don't allow anyone or anything to tell you any different. Know who God has called you to be. Know what his purpose is for you. And if you don't know, ask him. And maybe it is just to share your story with a young man that you may meet on the airplane or a young man you may run into in the grocery store. You may not even know, but someone is going to find healing through your story. Someone is going to know who God really is through your story. They're going to wonder how in the world did you make it out? And you'll be able to say, it was all God. They're going to wonder, how are you so strong? How are you able to still show that you are a real man despite what happened to you, despite who took advantage of you? And again, you'll begin to say, it was all God. Because what we must realize that we're not able to do anything without him. We're not able to go through without him. Without him, we would not be able to come out of what we have gone through. We would still be stuck there. We would still be stuck, hurting, not able to, not able to move anywhere. But because of God, we're able to go through and come out, and not just come out any kind of way. He says we are more than conquerors. So we come out, you know, even more conquerors. We come out with victory. We come out, you know, victorious. We come out stronger, stronger than we were before. And we come out fearless. I mean, it's amazing what God can do with those one in six. And maybe you are one in six. You know, a lot of, we don't want to be a statistic. At least, you know, not a bad statistic. But I don't even want to look at it tonight as a bad statistic. I want to look at it as a, a miracle. That statistic is a miracle. 
it's a miracle not only for you, but a miracle for someone else, someone else who is watching you, seeing what God has done or what he's doing in your life. So tonight, I pray for the one in six. I want to encourage and empower the one in six and let you know that God is not through with you yet. God is going to do some great things through your life all because of what you've gone through. The devil man meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And he's going to use everything, all of the evil that you've gone through and use it for his good. And we know the enemy doesn't like that. The devil wants you to stay down. He wants you to live in your past. But God wants you to come out of your past and live in the now so that he can use you. He not saying that he can't use you where you are now because he can. So tonight, maybe you, you are one who is hurt, who's taken advantage of, and you just said, I'm done with it. I'm done with the whole religion thing. God just left me. Maybe you feel like God has forsaken you. But God says, I will be with you always, even until the end. So he has not forgotten you. He has not left you. So tonight, why not use this opportunity? Why not use this very moment to return to him? He's right here waiting for you. He has never left your side. He's just been waiting on you to turn your heart over to him again. He's saying, trust me again. Trust me for real. And so if that is you, I want you to pray with me tonight. And if you are listening and you have gone through some things and you have done the same thing and wanted to just throw it all away tonight, can be your moment to turn your life over to God and trust him again. And so if that is you as well, I want you to pray with me too. Father, we thank you for this moment and this opportunity to even call on your name. God, we thank you for what has been said. And God, we pray and we hope that everything that has been said and and shared, that you have gotten the glory out of it. And God, I come before you on behalf of the one in six those who have felt the need to throw away their faith, to give up on you. God, I pray for their return. God, I pray that you will wash them through and through, cleanse them. God, we know that you are a forgiver of all sin. God, we believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross, and it was for the remission of our sins. And so, God, We lay it all at your feet, every sin, every weight that besets us, that keeps us away from you. God, we pray for your forgiveness, that we may trust you again, that we may start over with you, and that we will do it your way. God, creating us a clean heart and a right spirit. Oh, God, I pray for those who have gone through experiences that have caused them to turn away from you. God, open up their hearts that they may receive you. Open up their minds that they may receive you again and everything that you have in store for them. God, not thinking for the, you know, all the bad things and the bad experiences, but, God, we thank you for bringing us through them because it's what has built us. It's what has strengthened us. Everything that tried us, you were able to bring us through. God, I pray for every listener. I pray for the entire ministry of Purpose Kingdom Network. And I give you all praise and all glory and all honor because it belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, we'll have our announcements coming from Brother Rob. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We do not have Brother Robert with us right this second. Um, This is Pastor 
Tylene Daly, and I will be bringing the announcements. First, we want to thank and praise God for Minister Arsenius Jackson and her ministry, One Touch Transformation, um, and just all of the wonderful work that she does out in the community and for victims and survivors of sexual abuse, but not just sexual abuse. I hear her advocating for um, survivors of all types of abuse, and we bless God for her, and especially for tonight's topic, one in six, because it is very rare that you hear one someone speak out and speak up for the men who have gone through abuse at some point or time in their lives. So, again, we thank and bless God for her. We ask that at the end she's going to give information about how you can follow her ministry, how you can support her ministry and the work she does. She has another, like, uh, sister under the, uh, I would call it under the umbrella of One Touch Transformation, the butterfly effect, and she's doing beautiful work with young ladies in the schools and in the rec centers and churches. And so if you can, I always tell people, you are going to come across young people one way or another. You can either come across them and make a positive change in their life, plant a positive seed, or you're going to come across them in a negative way. So I pray that you will be one who plants that positive seed into the life of the young people that she is working with and ministering to. Amen. We thank each and every one for joining in with us this evening. If you are one who gave your life to Christ this evening, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But if for some reason you cannot, it's okay. That is why God has Purpose Kingdom Network here for you. We invite you to please continue to follow us, Purpose Kingdom Network. Join us tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. We will be bringing on another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network with Warriors and its host, Minister Dominique Cutson. Again, that is Warriors of Christ at 9 p.m. tomorrow evening with Minister Dominique Hudson, you do not want to miss this woman of God right here on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook as well as on LinkedIn at Purpose Kingdom. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. You can feel free to email any comments, questions, suggestions, or concerns to us directly at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love to talk with you, to pray with you, and to pray for you. In Jesus' name, amen. We also invite you to join us for our morning walk in God's word, where we just have a reading of God's scripture, one chapter. Right now we are in the book of James, one chapter in the morning to start our day off. You can hit the link on on any of our social media networks, or you can hit anchorfm.com and uh, listen in that way. We have a morning walk with God as we start our day. If you start your morning with God, I promise you he will spend the remainder of the day with each and every one of you. Again, we thank each and every one for calling in, and I believe, Minister Arsenius, you do have mm-hmm. a caller on the line as we hand the ministry back over to you. Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and allow the caller to come on. Hello, Minister. Hello, how are you? All right, and you? Doing good. Great. Um, This is Antonia Batch, and how are you too, Pastor? Uh, Colleen. Um, Nevertheless, I just wanted to hopefully say uh, I really appreciate you bringing on the uh, topic that you did and covering it the way you did. Um, I just wanted to say just recently, um, I've seen a repeat of something that was an indication uh, there was a, a, a child who was sort of crossed. Uh, he was like about mid-teens while I was in the supermarket. And this isn't the first time in the area, the North Philadelphia area, I've seen mm-hmm. anything like this at the market. Uh, he had his head um, turned away from people 
as he navigated the aisles of the uh, supermarket uh, like he had some shame applied. But somebody had placed lipstick, bright uh, red lipstick on him. Uh, His Mm -hmm. hair was obviously indicative of a person who was uh, being transformed uh, and his lack of not only just eye contact, but his uh, his need to be uh, behaved in a secluded fashion gave the indication of there had possibly been some violation there. But he's not the first mm-hmm. young person I've seen um, with anything of this sort in this vicinity creasing. I saw another uh, child who was about mid mid teens uh, one time during a uh, a church function outside of it. Uh, he came up to the one of the tables with a wig on that was um, very tattered, uh, and it was an implication that this is a recent development uh, for him to be sort of pulled into that transformation. Uh, and I say that parents, uh, some who are caretakers, uh, if you care about anybody else's child, say something that uh, let them understand that it, that's not really a, a normal part of life, uh, mm-hmm. and um, especially around those ages. And if, you know, the average parent have any sense, they would talk to their children, even if they can grab their attention for five minutes or if it had to be less, just be selective as to what you say, how you can confirm about uh, their a gender identification, especially when you could tell this was not a, a normal situation, it was pretty much upon them. Uh, and um, I'm sure girls have their own quirks and jerks about how people have imposed on them and put them in a very awkward light, too, when it came to gender identification. Um, and, you know, most parents, I'm sure, uh, usually prefer the traditional sense of how we raise our children if we can in church, if we can, or in, uh, with the understanding of what God represents and what he really mm-hmm. is giving us an opportunity to do. But I will say that um, even if you didn't know how to talk to the ch- child, uh, don't be trusting of any and everybody. I recommend that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying hold people paranoid to being able to say something to your child, but especially if you can have it done in presence of your child, uh, you know, try to dis- help them to get somebody to help disseminate what you know is considered healthy for your child or even somebody else's child if you can, uh, not only in the mm-hmm. church but also in the recreation centers, uh, amongst people who you can feel comfortable with, if they don't let you be present at the time that they talk with them or interact with them, consider that a red flag. You may want to, you know, proceed with precaution. So thank you very much for hearing me. Uh, But but it's not the only time I've heard of stuff, but until I saw that red lipstick on that child the other evening, I wanted to pull him aside if I weren't, you know, in a need to get out of it and just had a personal little talk in the open air where everybody in the market can see what my true intention was for all the right reasons. Right. We have enough right. enough violation of the children. So thank you very mm-hmm. much, Minister, and I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, and I appreciate you calling and sharing that. Well, right now I want to take this moment to thank everyone who has tuned in, all of our online listeners and those who called in. For more information about One Touch Transformation, you can visit our website at onett.me. O-N-E-T-T dot me. We're on Facebook under One Touch Transformation as well as Twitter and Instagram at underscore O-N-E-T-T. And as Pastor was mentioned, we do have a mentoring program, which is right now only for girls, but we are praying and believing that God will allow us to have the mentoring program for boys, which teaches about good touch and bad touch and consent and teaching girls how to value their their who they are and their self-worth. And so we do have a mentoring program that goes on for 12 weeks where we're mentoring these girls every week and teaching these things. And so if you would like to donate at any time, we are 501c3 established, so you can donate at any time um, on our website. You will see the donation button. And do 
do reach out to us if you have any questions or if you would like to set up any kind of workshops. You can contact us either through Facebook or on our website. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in. And help us be a voice, even if it's just something as small as sharing our posts and sharing what we have to offer for our community and just to the world because we want to make sure that our victims and our survivors' voices are being heard. We want to make sure that we are supporting all survivors, whether it's male, female, whether it's black or white, whoever they are. Their voice matters. Their story matters. And healing is deserving to every victim. And so, again, thank you so much. I pray that you have a wonderful and blessed night and the rest of the week. Good night. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I 